Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Secure the Insecure, the podcast of I sets okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. Oh, welcome back to Secure the Insecure. As we reach episode 100, we're starting to get a couple of my favourite Love Island stars in, just to really inspire you, because I love that Love Island stars have a platform to really speak out, and that's exactly what I want to do for you in this episode. Joining me this week, she was in Casa Amor last year. The 2020 series, she entered on day 21, she went into the villain day 26, and was out by day 30. But that wasn't the end of the story, it was just the beginning, because on day 26, she coupled up with her boyfriend, Naz. They were in the villa for four days, yet they've had a year and a half relationship together and really shown what it's like to have a relationship. And actually, just because it starts on TV, it doesn't mean it ends there. I'm delighted to say joining me on Security and Security this week, it's Eva Zapico. Hello, Eva. Hi, Johnny. How are you? All the better for hearing from you. All the better for hearing <laughs> from you. So, you know, obviously your Love Island journey was quite short, but it was yeah. the beginning. You know, it was a benchmark for what it was to become and you're now an incredible TikTok star, which I love watching your TikToks of Naz. <laughs> but let's you. go back before Love Island. So where were you basically pre pandemic really, wasn't it? Before Love Island I graduated and I worked in recruitment and then obviously I went on the show. Basically what I was doing beforehand. So what made you think, right, Love Island is for me? You know what? I've always watched it and I've always been a massive fan of the show and I've always said I would love to go on that show and I'd sit there and watch it with my dad and my dad would be like, there is no way you're going on that show. <laughs> like, you're just absolutely not going on it. And I was like, no, but I'd really want to. And, you know, I wouldn't be naughty on there. I wouldn't I wouldn't be bad on there, but I just think it would be an amazing experience. So Love Island actually reached out to me whilst I was at uni in my last year, which was for season five. They just found me on Instagram, but it just wasn't the right timing for me. So obviously I was going on holiday and everything like that. I mean, there was nothing to say I was going to get it, but I just thought if I did get it, it just wouldn't be the right timing. And then they messaged me again around September time for the winter one, and I just thought, why not? Like, it would be an amazing experience. What do you think about your Instagram channel made awareness for the casters to go, right, we want to message her, we want her? What were you doing on Instagram? Nothing really in particular, just sort of 
posting pictures like anyone really does. I was quite active and I went on a few nights out and stuff. So I think they might have found me from a location that I've tagged or something like that. But but no, I, I do think they message a lot of people on Instagram. I don't think it's like, oh, they message 10 people on Instagram and those 10 people make it to the show, you know. I do think they probably just message quite a few girls and boys on Instagram who they think might look suited to the show and then just see where they go from there. And it's interesting to use the word suited for the show because there's obviously, and not this year in particular really, Mm. but there is that stereotype of what a Love Island star should look like. And in yourself, you've got to have that self-confidence to go, yes, I've got the Love Island body. I've got the Love Island look. Yeah, You know, there's a specific look that all of you have. Going on the actual show, there is a build-up to it. I got told that I was going to be chosen for a bombshell in the maybe November and then I went on the show in January I didn't actually know at what point I was going to go into the show but I got told I sort of been accepted onto it then obviously with that build-up you're thinking right I'm going to be on national tv this is a huge show I want to look good so I'm not someone that's always been you know 100% confident in my body I you know I did gain a lot of weight at uni and and before I sort of knew I was going on the show I, I personally didn't look my best but obviously knowing that I was going on the show or could potentially go on the show, I did work out a lot. I was eating very healthy to try and get a really good body. You know, that fact of you were told you were going to be a bombshell, i.e. you're not going to be the first original Islanders. Mm. And there's always that difference between... I mean, there's three differences. There's a difference between the normal Islanders who start at the beginning of the show and you really build up their journey. So someone like Danny and Jack, someone like Paige and Finn that you get to know instantly, you're obviously going to have that rapport with rather than the bombshells Mm. who come in. But then you've also got Castle and We'll come to Castle and in a second because psychologically, it's a really interesting factor. So when you know you're going to be a bombshell, is there an expectation in your head? And again, ITV Love Island have nothing to do with this. This is purely your own insecurities that you think you've got to act a certain way because you know you're going to be given the screen time and you've got to almost perform. You've got to act your best to make sure in those 43 minutes that we see on TV each night Mm. that you're going to really come across so that you would stay on the show. Yeah, I mean, there is obviously a lot of pressure. I think, obviously, before they chose me to be a bombshell, I had, I think, three interviews with them. So they chose me to be a bombshell for a reason. You know, they choose originals to be originals for a reason. I didn't actually know I was going into Catherine Moore until the day before I flew out. They told me that I was going to be a bombshell, but they didn't actually tell me at what point I would go in the show. And I do think that sometimes they choose more bombshells than they actually need for the show just to cover their own backs and, you know, just because certain people might suit different situations and they don't actually know what's going to happen. As I say, you know, they chose me to be a bombshell. They obviously thought that maybe I had the confidence to do it and whatnot. Well, this is the thing. They're obviously going to have more people than needed if someone's ill. All these reality shows have the same thing. Even if you're on Big Brother, even if you're doing Dance Nights, they'd still always have backup stars ready in the wing because you're making a TV show and it is a TV show at the end of the day. Now... Being a TV show, Castle and Moore is the pinnacle part of the show, halfway through the series, where everything really changes up. And therefore, yeah. you will go in with four or five other girls ready to change it up. Castle and Moore is always that big thing that everyone looks forward to. There's always a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on it. But we also know that people who go to Castle and Moore don't normally end up on the actual series, i.e. you'll have those couple of episodes on Castle and Moore it's not that likely you'll end up in the villa. One or two will, but normally by then the relationships are quite stable, that heads won't be really turned. So when you found out you were going into Casa Moore, how did you feel? Because you'd finally got to Love Island. It's three months you've been waiting for this. You've been the bombshell, but you're putting Casa Moore, not the main villa straight away. 
You know what? So before I got accepted into Love Island or anything like that, I said, you know what? I'm only going to do this if I'm an original because I've got a good job. I don't need to leave my job to go on a TV show. So I'm only going to do this if I'm an original because obviously if you're an original, you've got more of a chance of staying on there for a bit longer and sort of making a career out of Love Island. And then I got told I was going to be a bombshell and I thought, oh, you know what? I do want to go on the show. Hopefully I'll be an early bombshell. And then as the show started... I was waiting for that call. They didn't call me. And it got to the point that, you know, if they don't call me soon, I'm not going on the show. And I really just thought in my head, you know, it's been all this build up for nothing. I'm just not going to end up going on it. And then last minute they called me and they were like, can you go in as Catherine Moore? And it got to the point where I thought, if I say no to this, there's not going to be many bombshells after this because it's been a few weeks now that Love Island's been on. And I just thought it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm just going to take it. So... Yeah, but I, I do personally think that going in as Catherine Moore is one of the hardest times to go in at, really, because I think being an original, obviously, as I said, you've got more time in there, you've got more airtime. Going in Catherine Moore, you're, you know, you've got all of the pressures that you have going as an original. You know, you're in a brand new villa, you're thrown in with different people that you don't even know, you're sleeping in a stranger's bed. But then on top of that, you've got the pressure to couple up with someone to go back to the main villa. You've got the pressure of sort of everyone not really liking you because they're sort of backing the girls from the main villa. And yeah, I do think going in a cafe is one of the hardest. But also, you can't do anything too risque. I remember the Danny Dyer, uh, Jack Fincham series, and Jack had gone to Casa Amor, and I think it was maybe a kissing task, and he'd kissed another girl, and that was yeah. a clip that Danny then watched. And, you know, Love Island got so many Ofcom complaints about that because we saw Danny break, and therefore you are going into that Casa Moore Villa thinking, well, I can't do anything too risque because I don't want to be seen as the devil. I mean, thank God you've not got your phone on you with social media because, you know, yeah. we've seen this year already the death threats and the abuse that the Islanders are getting, and that's when they're in the villa and not even on social media. Yeah. How do you feel that you have to portray yourself, though? Because you've got to make your mark in Casamor. Again, you're fighting with five or six other girls just to get into that main villa with the attention of the guys, but also yeah. you're doing it for your own personal journey. Yeah, I think there's a fine line. I think you need to think to yourself, look, I applied for this TV show by myself. I flew out to South Africa by myself. You have to think about yourself. And obviously, Naz was coupled up with Demi beforehand. And that could have stopped me from, you know, trying to couple up with him because obviously he already was coupled up with someone else. But we're all in here for the same reasons. You have to think if it's not going to be you, someone else is going to try it. And that's the aim of the game at the end of the day. It is, a, it is a reality TV show. I coupled up with Naz because we had a genuine connection. Naz chose me because we, we had a genuine connection. And it, it, if that wasn't the case, then he would have obviously stayed with Demi. So there is that pressure. But then also, it is real life when you're in there. It isn't just a TV show. So if they don't feel a natural connection with this person, they're not going to couple up with them. Well, that's the thing. There has to be the intimacy. You know, you are sharing yeah. the bed with them. There is going to be that communication that has to also be there. So if it wasn't right, you can't fake it till you make it. You know, it has to be a genuine relationship. That's the thing. You're in the villa for 24 hours a day. I mean, viewers literally only see an hour. And I'm someone that cannot fake anything. You know, if I don't like you, you will know about it. So I couldn't, you know, pretend to be with Naz and just for, just for the sake of the show because it's not like, you know, it's just for a one hour and then you don't have to pretend, pretend anymore. Like, you were living in that villa. You were there 24 hours a day. So, yeah, I'm not someone that would be able to do that. So that's why I was so confused when I came out and everyone was saying, 
oh, he was playing a game, he's a safe, and yet I was like, you guys don't know me, because if you did, you'd know that I physically would not be able to do that. I just don't have the capability. Well, that's the thing, because on day 26, you did go into the villa, and you were with Naz. How did you find that experience then, going from Castlemore to the villa? Obviously, you had the protection of Naz to an extent, although you were just starting to get to know him. But how did you feel as a person being around all these originals, all these people who have been here for a couple of weeks already, and... You know, you're living with them as well. As though you're becoming a TV star in your own right, you're living with other islanders already who are kind of a bit used to the way the cameras are, a bit used to the way the producers are. Um, You know, getting your batteries changed at lunchtime, for example. Yeah, no, I thought it was really hard. As I say, I went into Castro Moor. I think that's hard because you only really have one or two days to sort of couple up with someone before, like, the decision is basically made on whether you're going back to the main villa or not. And... As I say, you're thrown into a villa in a, you know, in a, in a different country with a load of random people you don't know. So, as I got comfortable there, because I did start to get really comfortable in Castlemore, but as I just started to get comfortable there, I was then going back to the main villa, and that was uncomfortable in its own right. You know, I coupled up with a guy who basically left the girl for me. So, you know, as friendly as Demi was, and as friendly as the other islanders were there is still that awkwardness there you know and it is there is still a bit of tension and i just never really felt that comfortable in the main villa and then obviously i was kicked out so i don't really feel like i had a chance to be completely myself or um, just a chance to feel really comfortable there really before the environment changed for me but were the other islanders not welcoming because of the fact that you're all in this together and it's still quite exciting because you're all doing this brand new TV show? Do you feel like everyone had settled and just got into the way of life? It's not that they weren't welcoming. They were all really nice. Uh, you know, none of them said anything that was wrong or none of them said anything that was bad. But at the end of the day, like, they've been there for so long. We're sort of going into their home and that is how it very much felt and... Yeah, like you, you do, you can see that they they're obviously thinking like these girls are coming into our house. It's not like it's a joint thing. But I think if I'd have been there for longer, then I would have felt a lot more comfortable there, and then it would have started to become mine again. But I think just because I got kicked out quite early, that I just never really felt comfortable there. Well, everything happens for a reason, and you did leave literally after well seven days of being with Naz. How did yeah. you? find that because you were about to embark on a brand new adventure with Naz. So in that moment when you found out that you and you and Naz weren't going to be staying was it actually this is a good thing I like the guy I don't want it to just be for TV I actually see a future with him let's get out of here and let's actually see if it will work yeah it was a mixture of feelings because part of me was ready to leave I found it really hard in there quite mentally and I thought you know this isn't a bad thing I am ready to leave but then another part of me thought this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I just feel like I haven't felt so comfortable in this villa. I would have liked to stay here a bit longer. And another part of me was just confused because Naz and I got along so well in that villa. You don't know what people are saying about you on the outside. I mean, if I'd have known that they were saying, oh, I'm playing a game, Naz had a better connection with Demi, then I would have seen it coming. But because Naz and I got along so well in that villa and everyone could see it, it was a big shock to not just us, to everyone that we were voted out because it's like, well, what are the public seeing? Because anyone who's in this villa knows that we're getting on like a house on fire. So I, I think we were, I think we were all just very shocked about it. And yeah, I would have liked to have a bit more time in there. Um, but again, everything worked out for a reason. I was so happy I met Naz regardless. 
and obviously we've just gone from strength to strength since coming out so it's worked out really well was there any self-doubt then in your relationship with Naz at the time if everyone else is thinking as a viewer right this doesn't seem right then did you ever think well actually hold on a minute is Naz doing something I don't know not really I mean when we got kicked out there was obviously a doubt in my head that was thinking why did we get kicked out like what a Love Island, you know, portraying on TV because obviously everyone in the villa knows that we're getting along so well. But then I saw the reason, obviously, when I got my phone back that everyone was saying I was playing a game and I had a better connection with Demi. So there wasn't any doubt in my mind. I was living it. I was there. I knew what we had was good. And, yeah, I don't know, maybe if it was the other way around because people were saying it was me that was playing a game, I knew that I wasn't. So I didn't have any doubt. But maybe if it was the other way around and people were saying oh, Naz is only with me to get to the final. Maybe I would have had some doubt with him. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, there wasn't really any doubt for me. So you come out of the villa. You are a new celebrity. You're an influencer. You come back to yeah. the United Kingdom with Naz. Mm. Where does your relationship then go? Do you go back to the beginning of, hi, I'm Naz, I'm Eva, let's go on our first date? Or do you feel like, mm. because obviously it's 24 hours a day, blah, 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 blah. You've basically done a month's relationship already in that small amount of five days time. Yeah, I, I feel like, uh, the last one you said, because it was so strange. We came out of the villa. Um, we didn't get our phones until we got back to England, and then they took you to a hotel because you do, like, some, you know, some psychiatrist <laughs> sessions. Um, and Naz and I actually had to exchange numbers, and we were like, this is so weird. Like, we know each other so well, yet we don't even have each other's phone numbers. And then we left each other. He went back home. I went back home, and he didn't take me for the whole day, and I was like, no, like, why is this boy not texting me? And you know, it's sort of like first date things. Like, if you really like a boy and then they're not texting you back, you're like, no, what's happening? But then I thought, I know this guy so well. I've been living with him for 10 days. Like, it, it, it's weird because you're almost, it's almost like you're at the beginning of your relationship, but you also know each other really well. But I didn't feel like it was completely new. I mean, we went on our first date coming out of the villa and it wasn't like we were getting to know each other. It was like we knew each other well but we're getting to know each other on the outside if that makes sense so rather than just talking about your love island experiences it's actually going back to the beginning about your family your childhood yeah exactly like and just little things so for example i'm such a texture and i'm someone that's always on my phone and naz wasn't so when i was like oh naz isn't responding to my text like straight away he's not calling me 24 7 a day i was like why is that but it's obviously because he's not someone that's always on his phone but that's just the sort of thing that we had to get to know about each other that we wouldn't have known in the villa. So that's the texting side. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What about the social media side? Who followed who first on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook? We already followed each other because um, whoever was running our accounts followed each other. So did someone put so, you in yeah. a relationship on Facebook without you even knowing? Oh, I don't have Facebook. <laughs> I, I'm not on Facebook. But with Instagram, I actually think maybe I already followed Naz before I went in the villa because obviously I, like, I wasn't in South Africa at the same time as him to start with. Um, but yeah, no, I think whoever was running Naz's account followed me back whilst we were in there. So then your relationship obviously starts growing. You're going on more dates. You're meeting each other's family and friends. Yeah. You've got this public image now together. You know, you are a public couple. There's invested mm. interest. How did you find that of you two are starting to learn about each other's quirks away from the cameras and yet there's still a focus on you that you're going to get papped? that there's going to be news lines that are going to be made about you, that is yeah. this as authentic as it's made to see? But yet you're trying yeah. to actually find out yourself if it's authentic and if there's a lasting relationship there. Yeah, I mean, the good thing with Naz is that he just doesn't give in to any pressure. So we didn't actually make it official until July because obviously we had the three-month lockdown, so we didn't see each other for that time. Um, but, you know, leading up to that, everyone was asking me, when are you guys going to make it official? And I certainly did feel pressure to obviously make our relationship official, but... He didn't feel any pressure. I think that is what I liked about him a lot, and that's what made things really easy and really authentic and really natural. I mean, you know, there is a lot of pressure there to stay together, but I think because he didn't, doesn't give in to any of that pressure, I just sort of went along with it with him. So, so yeah, I think it was okay. But, you know, I, if I was with someone who felt more pressure, then maybe it would have been different. That's the thing. I think it's it's the chalk and cheese, isn't it? You know, if you're really yeah. feeling it or if you're a massive text, you need someone who isn't like that and it will balance itself out. With that pressure, though, of being an influencer, being famous, how did you find coming out of the villa and having this new profile? And you've got brands throwing themselves at you. You've got fans who really feel like they know you already, who are messaging you on Instagram. Yeah. And yet you're just a normal person who's found the boy of her dreams and you just want to live a happy ever after. Yeah, no, I love it, you know, like all of the fans and stuff. I, I just feel like they're genuinely just like my friends that I've never met because I talk to them on social media like they're my friends. The only thing I do find weird, which I still find so weird to say, is when people are asking for pictures of Naz and I. Like, I'll walk along the street and people will come over to us and start chatting to us. And I love that because it's like we've got this, like big community of people that know us I think they know us and it, it's so nice to meet new people but then when they ask for a picture I'm sort of like oh yeah like I don't actually know you <laughs> like I forgot about that I remember when I first came out of the villa and I got on the train to meet I think maybe Naz in London and it was literally like three days after coming out or flying back to England 
And this guy started talking to me on the train. And I was just talking to him like a friend, just, you know, being really nice. And then he was like, oh, by the way, do you mind if I get a picture? And I was like, what? Like, why would you want a picture of me? Like, I thought we were just talking to friends. Like, I thought, like, I was basically just getting to know you. But, no, you wanted a picture. And I just, I mean, to this day, it's been a year and a half. And I still find it so weird that anyone would want pictures with us. Like, we're just normal people at the end of the day. Well, because it's been a year and a half and we've been in lockdown, you haven't had that opportunity to be the Love Island deal that's supposed to be happening where you come out the villa, you do personal appearances, you do red carpet events, you go to club nights and everyone can get their selfies. You've not had that. So it's had to be literally just people on the street. Do you feel like you've missed out then on that side that would have helped you? Yeah, no, I do think I've missed out on that. I may, I think that probably throws you into the deep end, but maybe once you've done that, then you find it more normal getting pictures with people on the street. I don't know, but I can't complain about how it's been since coming out. It's been great, and I'm so grateful for the experience that I can't sit here and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe we missed out on that. Like, I'm just grateful that I've had the experience in the first place. So, you know, and things are opening up again now, and, you know, we're still getting to go to events now and stuff, so it's all good. So... I can't wait to see you at an event anyway, so don't worry about that. That is going to happen. <laughs> uh, what about Instagram, though? Because you then come out and you are an influencer and you've got 155,000 followers on there and therefore you've got brands who are wanting to work with you. How have yeah. you found that? Because I've always heard and spoken to people who have said, you know, it's not as easy as just taking a picture. There's a criteria you've got to follow, the wording, the way the picture is, the way you look. How do you find yeah. that side of the working world? Because that is a job at the end of the day. It's not as simple as, oh, yeah, I'm just going to shove a picture up. You have to really think about it. Yeah, and I think that's what people need to understand. Like, it actually is a job. I mean, when I speak to family members and stuff, they just think I don't do every single day, but I actually do. But I did find it quite hard at the beginning because I was never an influencer before I went in. So... You're, you come out of the villa and then suddenly, like, you have to learn all these things. I mean, even just speaking to the camera and speaking to the followers on Instagram, like, that took me a while to do. And I looked back at my Snapchat memories and stuff, and I used to film it on Snapchat and then literally film it, like, a 100 times and then find the one that I want and then upload it. And I'm just like, I've come such a long way because now I just do it straight off the bat. So, yeah, you do learn a lot and you are sort of thrown into it and... I think at the beginning it's very weird and I think because we came out and went sort of straight into a lockdown, we didn't really get a chance to meet up with previous islanders who've been in previous series to sort of, you know, show us the way, show us how it's done and stuff. I've just sort of learnt it all from myself. But no, like, I think it is, you know, you've gone into suddenly a brand new industry, you've got no idea how it works, you're thrown into the deep end and you're just doing your best and you're just hoping for the best really. But I think you do learn as time goes on and I think, I have learned a lot since since last year. So what are those lessons? What have you taken into place that you're thinking, right, when I'm doing an Instagram, this is what I need to do? I think just the, the quickest way to get it done and the most effective way, I I now have like specific Instagram content days. So I will get like my content for the week in one or two days. Whereas beforehand, I didn't really know how to organize myself. Like if a brand wanted a picture, I would, like do my makeup and stuff and then just get that one picture and then like take my makeup off and then just lay around the house all day but now I just get all of my work done in one day for the week and I'm a lot more productive now and a lot more efficient but I think it took a while for me to like sort of work out the best way to do it. Can we dissect that for a second because I'm really interested in this because people always talk about with Instagram you've got to have a content plan you've got to know what you're posting when you're posting it and it's all about the same time the same day looking at all these uh, analytics 
But for you, what is what does a content day actually look like? And take me through from kind of waking up and therefore, you know, the makeup, the pictures, etc. And how many brands you're working with on that day and then what actually we then see on Instagram, if that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. So um, I sort of organise it beforehand. So if I've got, you know, something that needs to be sent to a brand by, let's say, the 20th of July and I've received the item, if I'm having my content day this week on a Tuesday, I'll wake up, I'll do my hair, do my makeup. That would take me like two and a half hours. I'll then choose the outfits that I want to wear for that day. So I'll choose around four to six outfits. Um, and then if I get a picture in each of those outfits, that covers me to upload on Instagram once a day for four to six days. Um, and then on top of that, I'll get, you know, the outfits that I have to wear for the for the paid collab and the promotions and then go from there. So Naz takes most of them. If I'm at home and Naz isn't here, I've got a tripod. So my tripod will take them. In the first lockdown, it was my mum, my brother. I was, like, begging them every day, like, oh, can you take pictures of me? But, yeah, it's just anyone, um, really, who I'm around. But most of the time, it is Naz. And like you said, it, that, that covers you for four days, and that's four days of posting. Now, yeah. your Instagram is your personal Instagram. And although you're verified, yeah. and although you've got the followers, and although you've got people who are there for Love Island, how much pressure is it to keep it effectively as a business portfolio where it is just paid ad, paid ad, paid ad, and then your stories that are the paid stories rather than having your own personality come through because at the same time of this is a business account, this is also your personal account. Yeah, so brands do send you like a script they want you to say or key points that they want you to say, but I talk to my audience very authentically. You know, I, I wouldn't promote anything that I don't believe in. Um, I try out a lot of products before I actually agree to promoting them just to make sure that I like them. And when I do talk about them and like say for example a brand's asked me to say um something about the product and i don't actually feel that like that is what the product does i wouldn't mention that and then if they come back to me and say oh no you haven't mentioned that i'll be like yeah but that's not how i feel so i think it's just about sort of picking and choosing what brands you want to work with what you actually do want to say and just making sure that you don't just say everything they want you to say if you don't actually believe it to be true i think it's important to stay quite authentic with your audience and then what about your personality so let's say you are wearing a tesco dress and you've gone to nando's and you're not being paid for either how comfortable are you now posting things that you're not being paid for yeah no very comfortable i i do a lot of like free promo for brands that i genuinely do believe in and i genuinely do love um and it, yeah, it's not all just paid collabs. I mean, I'm on my Instagram stories a lot talking to my followers about things that I've been trying that I love and, you know, so so yeah, it's just it's just finding a good balance of both really and just, again, making sure that when you do work with brands that you genuinely do believe in those products and you genuinely do use them just to make sure that you're staying authentic with your audience. Okay, so that's Instagram. Then TikTok comes in and you and Naz are all over it. You've got 111,000 followers on there. Yeah. You do a lot of TikToks and there's a lot of editing that goes in place as well. Yeah, you know what? I do a lot of TikToks and I just, I love TikTok. I prefer it than Instagram. I just find it such lower maintenance. I think with Instagram, there is that pressure to look good and make your Instagram look good. And, you know, as I say, I do these content days where I get dressed up and I get my pictures for Instagram, whereas... I love TikTok because I just feel like it's the real me. Like, I will go on TikTok with no makeup on, 
my hair looking disgusting and I'll make a funny TikTok. And I, I just love that because it is the real me. Whereas if you go on my Instagram profile, it just isn't the real me because I've got all the makeup on, I've got all my hair done. And I literally do that once a week. I don't look like that every day. And, it, you know, it, it probably looks like that, looks like I do look like that every day because I'm posting a picture every day. But realistically, that's from the same day. <laughs> if you go onto my stories, you'll see that I, I've just posted a picture of me with my hair and my makeup done. And then all my stories, I look completely different because that's not actually me from that day. Whereas I think TikTok is genuinely like the real me. Like I don't care what I look like on TikTok. I just post it if I think it's funny. But people are buying into you. So why do you feel that pressure to put the makeup and the hair on and to look your perfect self when on TikTok you're happy just being you? Yeah, I only feel that pressure on Instagram because that's what Instagram's about at the end of the day. I think your Instagram profile just is there to sort of show the best version <laughs> look wise of yourself whereas tiktok is to show your personality and yeah so that's basically the difference between both of them i mean i wouldn't go on instagram and i wouldn't post a picture on instagram that i don't necessarily like because instagram you literally just see the picture whereas if i post a tiktok of me not looking so great it's not about what you look like it's about what the tiktok is actually about if that makes sense 100 percent. and this is the thing with social media love island obviously came back from the original patch of cruelty found costing mm. series with social media social media is such a massive thing and a tv show and a social media account play hand in hand whereas before if you went on big brother there wasn't that pressure to come out and be yeah. a certain way even though you'd have that platform and be that celebrity if you think about someone like josie yeah. gibson or alison hammond Taking social media away from it, how do you think your life would have changed post-Love Island without social media? Has it helped you sustain a career, or do you reckon you could have done it without social media? No, I don't think I could have. I don't think I got enough airtime on the show to have been able to make a career from it without social media. There's a very select few people that, you know, got a lot of airtime on the show in comparison to the amount of people that actually was on our series um and i think everyone else is just lucky enough to have social media and to have made a career out of it but you know then again there isn't actually pressure to stay on social media i mean people nowadays go on love island they know they're going to get the followers and no one really goes on there for love if, if i'm being honest everyone goes on there knowing that they're going to get followers knowing that they're going to get the clout and trying to make a career out of it and you know hopefully it works out for a lot of people but that's just how it is at the end of the day is there pressure on you, though, for how many followers you do end up with, though? Because, like I said, you've got 155,000 followers. The page mm. who won it has over 2 million followers. Do you feel yeah. that pressure, though? Because you've gone in, like you said, you're on Castlemore. You are a bombshell. She was original. She is going to be in there a lot longer than yeah. you. Is that a pressure that you find? Or are you like, that's okay, that's her, she's doing her, I'm doing me? Yeah, I think it's a pressure within yourself. I mean, I couldn't compare what i'm doing to someone with two million followers because like you just you just can't compare it like i've not even got a fraction of that but obviously i knew going in there at Catherine moore that i wasn't ever going to end up with that many followers because i just didn't get the airtime that other contestants have got who, who were originals and that's fine and you know i i think it is very important to try not compare yourself to other people because if i sit right there and think oh, God, I'm not making as much money as this person. Well, obviously not, because I've got, you know, I've not even got a, a fraction amount of the followers that they've got. So I would probably have to do, like, 10 posts to get the same amount of money as they would get for one post, and that's okay. And I think as long as you're realistic with yourself and you're not putting too much pressure on yourself, you need to sort of stay within your means. 
I love this. I love this. Eva, what's next for you? Obviously, you're with Nasda a year and a half later. Yeah. Let's go for engagement on the cards anytime soon. Yeah, well, obviously, we talk a lot about that, um, but we are still young. I'm just turning 23 this month. He's 25. So we just talk a lot about it. We talk a lot about babies, and we've got a rough timeline in our heads. I mean, it's not going to happen within the next five years. What? Enga- you're not going to be engaged in the next five years? No, I, I mean, maybe, yeah, I'd like to get engaged at around 27, 28. Um, but it's not going to happen in the near future. I think we're both enjoying things as they are at the moment. And we've got our whole life to look forward to. There's just no rush at the minute. I think we're just enjoying sort of this stage of our lives. And then when the next stage of our lives comes, that will be great as well. But yeah, it doesn't need to happen imminently. Okay. And work-wise, where do you see yourself? Do you see you and Naz doing another TV show? Have you been approached for your own ITV spin-off yet? I wouldn't be opposed to doing another reality show. I think any reality show after Love Island would be a walk in the park, to be honest. As I said, I do think Love Island's really hard. You know, you're thrown into a villa with people that you've never met. You don't have your phone. You don't know what's going on in the outside world. So I think any other reality show would be a lot easier, like, you know, Made in Chelsea, Towie, those sort of things where you actually get to watch yourself back. You're still very much in the real world. So I 100% wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what what comes about, really. Eva Zapico there. I love her. I loved her honesty. And this is the thing. It is, although you've been on Love Island, there's such a difference between being an original, being a bombshell, and being on Casa Amor. And also, what she said about Instagram was really interesting. Having those content days and that pressure on yourself to always look a certain way just for Instagram. It's amazing what social media has done. It's amazing where social media has taken us into the way that we look at ourselves. You've been listening to Security and Secure with me, Johnny C. If you've liked what you heard and you've learned something, please do go onto Apple iTunes, okay? Go onto Apple iTunes. Go onto the podcast, which you're listening to right now, Security and Secure. Go down, leave a five-star rating, and leave a review. It's really important as we approach episode 100 that you leave that review that you're ready for this, okay? So five-star review and a nice little comment. And then share it with your friends. Tell me that you've listened to it. Tell me that you've listened to Eva. Tag us both in it on Instagram. Tell us what you've learned because there's so many lessons that you can take away from it. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Johnny Sifa. This has been Security and Secure. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.